Welcome once again here on the Regional Radio Sports Network. My name is Paul Condry. I'm the president and founder of Regional Radio Sports. Privileged to be your host here today for edition number two of the Tom Robbins Show. We're here at Holy Cross College at Notre Dame. To my immediate right, the athletic director, women's basketball coach here at Holy Cross at Notre Dame. And to our far right, Omar Gallo, who's done a masterful job with men's and women's soccer. We'll be talking with him uh, today. Glad that you've hopped along with us on Regional Radio Sports today. Tom, a busy time of the season. Uh, everybody's got all the sports getting on the way, but Alumni Weekend coming in your way. So let's just kind of give us a flyover, if you will, on what is happening here at Holy Cross. Yeah, we're really excited about the year getting started. Uh, of course, soccer's underway and started off with a bang uh, this year on the women's side with an upset of Grace College right off the bat uh, on our opening uh, weekend, admissions opening weekend. So that was exciting. Uh, as you mentioned, we have Alumni Weekend coming up on uh, on the 29th at the end of this month really excited about that a lot of activities planned we have a Fridays at four here it'll be here on in our building in the in our conference in our conference room um, where we'll have former athletes coming in and they'll be on a panel being questioned by current athletes so uh, we usually get a pretty good crowd for that too so it's a great event and then alumni basketball game the next the next day on Saturday followed by a doubleheader with our two soccer teams and uh, tailgate. So I don't think there's anything more cool than getting together with your former students or athletes, whatever the case may be. I'm long since that stage. My, my, my student athletes from years gone by are now having grandkids so it's scary for me to look back on those moments when I was coaching and I know that's but it's still it's, it's really kind of the lifeblood and will be the lifeline uh, with future athletic endeavors because when they give back to the athletic family here at Holy Cross at Notre Dame you get a chance to be able to do those things those ch- kids that are now adults having a chance to bless those like they were blessed in their in the early stages absolutely you know this thing started last year was our really our first official year but this thing started with, um, you know, Omar's uh, bringing the soccer teams back for a weekend. And our development office had the idea of growing that into an entire athletic department situation. And uh, it went really, really well last year. And it really kicked off well with the Fridays at 4 uh, situation on, on uh, you know, right after classes with the students coming in and viewing that. And our athletes that, that were on the panel and our former athletes were on the panel really did an awesome job. So it was a great way to bring the families back together um, and our current our current players with our older players and really bring together the, the department yeah I can't overemphasize enough how important it is for the the former athletes who played here or played at any school whether it be your high school or your college to give back not only of your time but of your resources. I think tithes and offering, the Bible's very, very clear about that in Malachi 3, and I think one of those things about uh, we, that we can do as coaches, as uh, sportscasters, whatever the case may be, is to continue to encourage those to um, give back to the respective communities. And I know, Omar, you're nodding your head over there because that's the lifeblood of you being able to continue to enhance your ministry that is with the men's and women's soccer team. Let's make a plea right now that this is something that people can get involved with. How can they help you in your men's and women's soccer team? Yeah, no, um, even giving back to the community, I, I think it's important regardless what you do, whatever kind of field of work you, you do, right? I think it's important to uh, appreciate the work you've put in as an individual and appreciate those that have helped you along the way. 
Um, and then appreciate those that may not be as fortunate as you to be in the, in, in the career path you may be or or the sport you may play in, right? And then so with us, for example, um, you know, we do a lot with top soccer. Those are Friday nights. Um, this season, record-breaking season, we have 68 kids signed up with top soccer. Uh, we started with 12 kids about seven, eight years ago. So uh, if anybody's interested in, in volunteering, it's an outreach program for kids with mental and physical disabilities. Uh, you can find our email on the website and uh, reach out to us or always looking for additional volunteers in between both programs probably have 50 52 so we definitely need more help once again we're thank you can join us here today this is tom robbins we welcome you to the second edition of the tom robbins show tom let's talk about something that's going to be happening new here on the campus and that's the wellness U app that's going to be available for the student athletes this is in a pivotal part of where we're at uh, as a society today let's talk about this yeah this is something that uh, coach mike McBride started working on a, a year ago and is starting to come to fruition. Uh, we had a, a meeting earlier with the Wellness U company, um, with the coaches uh, to get uh, you know their understanding of the situation. And then uh, September 21st here coming up in a couple weeks, uh, we're going to have the company come in and and get our students onboarded with the situation. So it's a uh, it's an app on your phone where you can have a daily mental health check in. Um, certainly, we know about the situations that have happened across the country the last few years with athletic, um, you know, unfortunate athletic suicides and that sort of thing. Um, but just mental health in general, there's a lot of pressures on athletes, particularly college athletes, with you know preparing for their future and all the all the uh, you know the responsibilities they have at home besides what they have on campus, and then athletics. Athletics is college athletics is very involved and very in depth and puts a lot of pressure on people um, that are very young in their in their development so they need that support and uh, wellness you is you know the what we've seen from them and and what we're getting from them and and looking at doing in the future i think it's going to be a great asset for our for our students i know we want to talk to omar about some of the things and i know you've got some questions for him because this is your show but as we fly through in that transition uh tell us a little bit about your interaction as the ad but also as a likewise a varsity coach you understand the dynamics and the pressures of being the head coach but you also have to see the big picture of saying okay hey listen we need to keep things in check here as the boss if you will so let's talk about uh, your relationship with coach o and give us an idea on uh, how that's going yeah, you know, I've been working with uh, Coach Omar for a couple years um, now and had the pleasure of, you know, getting to know him before um, being promoted to the athletic director position. Uh, so I had a chance to work with him side by side. And, and I, I think that was a valuable time because you get to know somebody and you get to know, you know, what they're about. And, you know, always have appreciated his intensity and the the uh, determination he brings to the team and um, his recruiting. You know, he's very active and um People take for granted that he's he's coaching two teams as well. There's, I don't know how many how many coaches in the conference do that. I don't think it's many, um, but it's a significant challenge uh, for him. Um, you know, we we see that on doubleheader days, but you know, there's a lot of things that go in behind the scenes on that as well in terms of recruiting and you know getting your budget together and all the supplies and things that you need for both programs. So. You know, I've I've had the pleasure of of watching him handle that situation. He brings a lot of energy to the table, um, and that the intensity you see on the on the field on game days, he has that same kind of energy um, throughout throughout his day. You know, when he's bringing students in to talk with them about whatever might be going on, and and then his recruiting.
marketing and bringing kids on campus and then the the budgeting and that sort of thing so um, it's also a situation where one of his best skills thankfully as an athletic director one of his best skills is budgeting he does great with the budget Uh, when you're talking about the amount of people he has in his program you know you've seen coaches in the past and I've worked with coaches at other schools in the past that budgeting was a nightmare for them and they they really struggle with it and he's tremendously on top of that and uh, it uh, keeps from having a lot of issues that are potentially there just because of the numbers that he's dealing with. One thing that we we learned from and visiting with Dr. Marco Clark in the first Tom Robbins show is the fact that uh, there's the entire administration excited about the direction that the men's women's soccer program is going. And thus, they're, they're going to be making significant uh, facility improvements, which will certainly help Omar with his recruiting, certainly help everybody who's involved in the program in, in whatever capacity they may be, whether it be from broadcasting, but as well as uh, just the attractiveness of being able to talk. So let's talk about that. Omar, I'd like to bring you into the conversation. I want you to look futuristic about the dynamics of how this is going to help you in the long term. We've seen time and time again, whether it be at the high school or as the college level, uh, that uh, things are important to student-athletes, important to parents, that they have fine facilities. And uh, let's just start right there on how important this is going to be futuristically. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's a big deal not only for soccer, but I think for the entire athletics department. I think for the institution as a whole. I mean, um, it's all about enhancing the student, not only student athlete experience, but the student body experience, right? And so, having a facility such as a new, you know, what if it's a soccer pitch or you know, a gym, whatever it may be, um, just building something new brings excitement excitement to the college, and that that now it becomes an excitement not only for student athletes but the entire student body so i think now from a soccer standpoint from a recruiting standpoint um having a pitch that's strictly assigned to just soccer goes a long way it's not many of those you see in the country right and so um having that here in our backyard and campus will definitely allow us to have more resources to attract some of these top student athletes not only in the country but across the world as well if you look at us geographically, Omar, I know because you're recruiting and you're seeing some of your uh, your friends and cohorts in your league, as well as the, the crossroads or where it may, it may be the Wolverine Hoosier Athletic Conference, because if you look at the big picture in the NAIA, there, the balance of power is right here in the Midwest. You look at the success that Spring Arbor has had, both men's and women's. You look at Grace Bethel. Those uh, programs are doing great. I love at Nazarene, whatever the case may be. Teams all around our geographical area have had a lot of success. So the balance of power is in the Midwest. What do you attribute that to? Honestly, I think it's uh, the resources that a lot of these kids have access to here in the Midwest. There's a lot of good soccer happening out in the Midwest. Um, and then there's, a, there's plenty of programs, right? And I think what you have here is you have, there's, there's so many new upcoming clubs happening, uh, whether it's, you know, e- organizations, whether it's ECNL, whether it's, you know, Development Academy or the Girls Academy or MLS Next. And a lot of those kids now that may have gone away and traveled a couple hours to train here and there, they're now staying more local uh, within their, not only maybe their city, but a little bit closer within the region. So you're having these teams be formed at younger age groups, which is now enhancing the child's development as a soccer player, um, which for us, it makes it a lot easier from going back to what we were talking about from a budget standpoint when it comes to recruiting, right? we're not having to travel so far that they're just here in our own backyard. So, um, and then the other side of it is 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 um, 
facilities. Uh, facilities does have a big part to do with it, right? I mean, um, I think a lot of these teams that you know, we, you know, you mentioned it here, we're competing with the WAC, the Crossroads, right? Those are those are two conferences that are a part of our arc, at least on the soccer side. Um, their facilities at those schools are, are definitely attracting some of these student athletes, right? So to now be in that category with them is even more exciting. When you look at the the landscape of uh, of college soccer, both on the men's as the women's side, I want you to just give me a flyover version of the NAIA. Do you see a uptick or maybe trending positively for the NAIA at both men's and women's soccer? I do. I think, um, and again, it goes back to just the the level of competition here. You know, it's um, a lot of success was happening down south or out west, right? Because kids are starting to play more frequently all year and now you have that happening here in the midwest with not only school facilities being built but facilities outside the colleges and high schools being built within the communities um, which is allowing kids to participate year-round so i think that alone um, kids having the resources to continue to play at a high level within the winter months because we all know how the midwest can be at times right uh, one day it's snowing in october next thing you know it's 75 degrees in december um <laughs> So I think that alone is enhancing the development of, of the players in our region. And I think that specifically is now increasing level of competition across the board in NAI from a soccer standpoint. So it's been exciting for us. Uh, we've just been able to watch more soccer, a lot more closer to the South Bend area. Uh, and, and I think that alone is creating a more competitive atmosphere across the country in the NAI. Tom, athletically, the there's such a uh, trending forward and upward in athletics across the board. Men's basketball, of course, has kind of been the, the leader. Women's basketball had its best year in the history of the programs last year. Omar's teams are on the uptick. We've seen success with tennis, and we just see so many things on the positive trending upward. Can you speak to the uh, from the from your chair as the AD at the the landscape of the of all your programs now? Yeah, I think you know when you see that success, uh, when, and when people outside the college see that success, it it gives a reputation. You know, we think about um, different places. You know, talking about Kentucky basketball, right? But you know. Kentucky football, you know, it's a little different deal. Um, the history of UCLA basketball, even though it's kind of had its ups and downs sure. since John Wooden. Um, but what I look at when I look at, at colleges is those powerhouses. You know, who's consistently good in lots of sports? And I, and I think that shows a healthiness for the college and uh, or for the university, whichever the case may be. And I feel like that's what we're, we're showing now. You know, we've had um, – continual movement forward with all of our sports and as each sport is able to do that it gives an impression to the community about what that college is it's it's not just you know we have a really good say men's basketball coach and so our men's basketball program is good um but uh, you know other parts of the college are not that that gives a different impression but when you have this face uh, to the community that everything you're doing you're doing with excellence and uh, you're putting your best foot forward and, and you're finding success across the board, it sends a message that that's a good place to be. And that might be somewhere I, I want to send my children. That, that's somewhere I want to graduate from. Uh, that's somewhere I would want to be an alumni. I mean, for you, you can put your money where your mouth is because you've got the high school kids, one's just going off to college, so you understand the dynamics of uh, exactly what it's like. And Omar is the same situation. He's a he's a dad. He, he gets it. I mean, uh, uh, we all are in that situation is, would I want my daughter or my son to come here and play for me? 
And if you can answer that question with a, with a, with a, with a clean heart and you know that you're going in the right direction. Omar, let me start that with you. Yeah, no, I, I've been blessed having my daughter be able to play sure. for me. So that's funny you say that because that's that's when we were looking when we were she was recruited by multiple schools and um, that's something that we were looking for, right? We were looking for that. We talked about building relationships and that one-on-one personal relationship as well with the, with your coach and not only just being your soccer coach but just being a mentor and being someone there to talk to you about life skills. And so what we preach here is what we were looking for with her. And so the fact that. Um, she decided to attend Holy Cross. Just, you know, sometimes as coaches, we need that reminder, like, yes, we're doing the right thing. Because there's so, so many times as coaches, we get so focused on the game or we steer this way that we tend to forget, you know, what our calling is at times because we're so caught up in the game. And I think something small, like for me, at least, my daughter choosing to come to Holy Cross to play for me reminds me, okay, we're doing the right things to help develop these kids, not only in soccer. Because at the end of the day, reality is, whether it's soccer, basketball, tennis, golf, not everyone's going to make it at the professional level. I think it's like a one point something percent that to make it to that next level, right? So you have to prepare these kids for life after athletics. And I think that's what our entire department does a tremendous job doing. Well, let's take a look. Let's start with women's soccer since we're you're talking about the gals. Let's talk about your, your roster and about some of the young ladies uh, that are playing well for you right now. It's to kind of give us the flyover. I know that it's going to be a little bit of a bummer because your outstanding goalkeeper has <laughs> got a busted up hand. And so you're kind of working through some of that. She's really one of the best players in, in not only in your league but in the country at her position. So let's talk about your group. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, it's been unfortunate. I mean, you come off a high there with a, a massive win against Grace, and, and, and you know things are going as planned as, as you prepped in the, in the summer, and then all of a sudden it's a freak accident has, happens in a walkthrough the day before our Bethel game, right? And, uh, you know, at times you can call that a trap game. But, um, no, you know, credit goes to Peyton, a freshman. Uh, didn't play much at Penn, but she's really stepped up and, and I've accepted the challenge and it, you know we're kind of just throwing her in with the wolves but she's done a tremendous job and it's all we could ask for as a freshman but I think it's it's a moment of self-reflection as a group it's a moment for us to uh, really deal with this adversity and grow and I think the IU East game was was an opportunity for us to experience that uh, it's just about being consistent now but it's, we've been now two years in a row now dealt with some some injuries but what I what I appreciate the most is the way the girls responded not only this year but last year last year's experience I think set us up for this year so it, it's not we're not as worried as we may have been last year going into this year because the girls have been able to deal with it but exciting team a lot of great freshmen have come in and stepped up playing some big minutes for us and you know we're, we're lucky to have some of these fifth years come back this year with the leadership of Cassidy um, and Olivia and, and really those two girls alone as our captains have really taken the girls uh, to a different re- level right now not only on the soccer side, but socially and mentally as well. I look at the roster. There, you got student athletes from all over the, the country <laughs> here, from Florida uh, to right here at our local area, Logansport. I'm looking at South Bend, uh, Texas, uh, Canada. Uh, of course, locally here at Penn High School. So you guys have been able to. When you when you're looking at a broad based uh, area to recruit from, they say if you can recruit really well locally, and then maybe get a diamond in the rough from someplace else, it gives you a nice little mix, and which of course then uh, that expands your recruiting area. So talk about the trying to keep a local mix, yet at the same time wanting to expand your 
Yeah, I think over the last couple of years now, uh, on both sides, we've done a great job of recruiting a lot of kids, uh, you know, whether it's here locally or between here or the Chicago area. So um, I think that alone is credit to, we have to give credit to the youth clubs doing a tremendous job developing their, their soccer players. The high school coach, coaches are doing a tremendous job developing their soccer players. So it's made our lives a lot easier. But I think, you know, we want to find certain players here and there who are going to add that flair, right? Whether it's, you know, bringing in someone that's, uh, you know, like an Ariana, you know, that's not a local player, right? That may add a different dynamic that's going to be a little bit more aggressive in the attack and someone that may go at a player 1v1, right? And that's what she brings to the table. Or, you know, maybe someone that we're, we bring in internationally uh, that has more experience, I should say, in the back line, right? Um, at, at times, the coaches will like to play a, a certain style. And, and within our style, if we want to build out of the back, we may look for someone that has more experience doing that, maybe rather than a local kid. That's where we might go further out. But I think when you're looking at a bit of a mix um it shows i mean not only with us but you have us goshen bethel a lot of these schools here close to us are, are keeping these these girls closer to home and i think what's happening is these girls have been out you know tom mentioned earlier earlier about just how our entire athletic department is viewed they're hearing good things about holy cross right they're hearing good things about other schools as well so it's attracting these top players now to stay locally and and yeah winning helps right so over over the last couple of years we've done a good job winning and uh it's just that's it's one of the reasons why we've been able to attract these local girls i know that uh we're both on agreement that you're only as good as the people you surround yourself with and your assistant coaches and your support staff before we talk about the men's program let's talk about your support staff because uh, that is something that is pivotal i have a tremendous support staff on my group and i am thrilled to lead the group of about 50 guys and gals who work for me so let's break that down because that is really the key to your success yeah no it- all credit goes to my entire staff, really. I mean, the work they put in behind the scenes, it's just not not many players see that, whether it's scouting reports, going to watch players, budget. I mean, whatever it may be, I mean, they just do a tremendous job. But I think you really find out, and this goes back to just the relationships outside of uh, athletics, you really find out who your closest friends, peers support system is when you go through something and i think being able to go through something in life and and seeing how how quickly my staff was there for me really just allowed me to appreciate that a lot more and um i uh, you know we were blessed enough this year to bring on eileen uh she's she's coach at uh, plenty of schools um coach kaylin you know kaylin's now helping us on on both sides behind the scenes with recruitment um and carla she's been around for a couple years another alum so we've been able to bring back you know three alums now one from the guy's side two from the women's side um and two of them that didn't even play for me so that was exciting for me as a coach but most of the credit goes coach duma i mean this program is not stable without having coach duma um, what he does for the for both teams, the girls' side, he just finds ways to relate with them a lot more um, than other coaches may do. I mean, from a tactical standpoint, defensively, he's a mastermind, right? And and really finds ways to be creative. And we'll have our own style of play, but what I appreciate about Coach Duma is he's, he's creative in a way where, you know, you, you never want to work for someone that's going to be a yes sir. And, and a mentor of mine, actually, you know, Mike Avery told me that a long time ago. You know, find an assistant coach that's going to challenge you, not be a yes sir. And what I appreciate the most about Duma is we'll be in the office, I'll have a game plan, and he'll say, hey, try this, you know. And, and we work together like that. So, yes, he may be my associate head coach, but we tell both programs, you view us as two head coaches. Men's team. 
certainly a lot of success in years past, and you continue this year. Yes, uh, we're coming off a big season last year. Um, we returned some great pieces here. Uh, we, you know, uh, pretty much return everybody in the starting lineup except one or two. Um, but some younger guys that played minimal minutes last year have come in and given us some very good minutes already early on in the season. A um, couple, you know, incoming guys really stuff. I mean, a local product here, Emin, you know, Emin Pennick there who played at Penn. We weren't really expecting him to play a lot of minutes for us this year as a freshman. He's played at least 45 minutes a half in all our games, and he's going to be stepping in to start tomorrow instead of one of our fifth years tomorrow, right, due to injury. So really excited about this year's class. Uh, you have Issa that was a transfer from Calumet. He is probably one of the most dynamic, creative, exciting wingers I've had the opportunity to coach in starting year in 2010. So um, some high hopes for us. It's just consistency and discipline issues that we're just kind of dealing with right now. But that's what you're going to get when you're dealing with 20, 22-year-olds, right? So how does a kid from Ontario, Canada, find his way here to Holy Cross College in Notre Dame, Indiana, in the heart of uh, this very unique uh, melting pot of a wide variety of sports? How does he feel as he looks back on what he's been able to accomplish thus far? Are you excited and thrilled? You know, uh, all credit and everything, all glory goes to God, first and foremost. And um, I believe this was my calling because the way I came into the position, yes, I, I grew up playing the sport, but there were never intentions to be a, a collegiate soccer player. My goal was actually, I went to school to become a police officer. And, um, you know, when I, w when I met my wife, she had a little boy at the time, which I adopted Roman, and I would take him to Panera Bread every day and every time I'd come and visit from Canada and just one day we talk about the calling and God having a path for you and one day I took him to Panera and opened the door for a gentleman who at the time was the assistant coach here for the women's team named Mohammed. and um, we bumped into each other and I was wearing my collegiate tracksuit and he asked me if I played soccer and I said no and uh, I said that was my co in my college days I did and so he said to me, well, what position did you play? I said, goalkeeper. He said, Holy Cross College is looking for a goalkeeping coach on the men's side. Sure enough, I, I picked up the phone. I gave Dustin Harley a call, and uh, I'm lucky enough that Dustin gave me that chance. And it just goes back to being blessed and, and, and following God's plan, and that's what it's all about. It's it's You can have a plan. You can have a game plan for your soccer games, your athletic, whatever sporting event it may be, or your life plan, but nothing's possible without God, and I'm just blessed that he gave me this opportunity. And... Um, preaching what I say to my guys is uh, stay humble never forget where you come from and that's something you know talking about from Hamilton Ontario that's something that I, ne I never forget is where I come from and stay humble Tom Robbins I know that uh, you've been you have a similar story in regards to uh, God opening doors God closing doors that's certainly been the case for you but I think uh, you know in Proverbs 3 verses 4 5 and 6 it says trust in the Lord with all your heart lean out on your own understandings been in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths and I think about that we have all everybody here at this table has had a coach or has had a moment where it was God's direct intervention that we are here today sitting at this table I'll lift you I'll kind of close our program here today with your own story about being here because it's very similar yeah absolutely you know I I'm in a situation where I've been a few different places started out at the high school level actually middle school level to, before that and uh had full intentions, kind of what, you know, Coach Omar was saying. I, I had no plans of being, you know, it wasn't a goal to be a college college basketball coach. Um, I could have been perfectly happy 
coaching at the high school I started at for 20 some years but you know he has bigger he has bigger plans and uh, even if you don't have those plans he finds ways of doing that and sometimes it's uh, you know it's not what you hoped in the meantime you know it's you, you have disappointments along the way and realize that he had something else for you and uh you you take what uh, you know you take what comes to you and then you realize when you look back that uh, he had the best plans for you and you had smaller plans for yourself than what he intended for you so um, he's been good to me as as coach Almer was saying you know the Lord's been tremendously good to me and uh, I trust I trust that that's going to continue to be the case once again we thank you for joining us here for edition number two of the Tom Robbins show for coach Omar Gallo as well as the athletic director and women's basketball coach Tom Robbins I'm Paul Condry of the region Radio Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on the Regional Radio Sports Network.